Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the live morning devotional live here from Christ Life Ministries. So uh, let me just get everyone online here so I can see your comments. So uh, today we are going to continue with life. And uh, I'm going to speak about the bread of life in John chapter 6. So let's just see who has tuned in. This thing is acting up again. Come on, Facebook. Okay. One day it will work. Okay, there we go. All right. It's a strange thing. Oh, that's yesterday's thing. It took the wrong name for some reason. Okay, I'll have to figure this out and sort it out. Anyway. Come on, people. There we are. Okay, so. Hello, everybody. Hello, Peter. Goedemorgen. Dankie. Ja, ek ook van het... Quintus Jacobs het het van ons gemaakt. Hello, Nico. Hello, Janine. So, hello everybody. Sorry, I'm struggling with this Facebook app to get it to actually take the live video so that I can see who's watching. So, welcome everybody. Um, so, we are... I don't know what happened just now. Sorry. I think it's this web controller thing that I on, uh, by mistake pressed the wrong button. Nico, you are really missed. <laughs> Nico is taking a break. He's on holiday. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's me and this web controller and uh, we are not understanding one another. Okay. So John chapter 6. Here we go, everybody. All right. So um, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but... Jesus just multiplied the bread, okay? So, so he took a little boy's lunch and um, dished out the bread and 12 small hand baskets with fragments left over, verse 13. Then verse 14, when the people saw the sign that Jesus had performed, they began saying, surely and beyond a doubt, this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Then Jesus, knowing that they meant to come and seize him, that they might make him king, withdrew again to the hillside by himself alone. Okay, so this just says so much. He wasn't there for an earthly kingdom. He wasn't there for influence or control or power. Jesus was there to serve people. Jesus was there to lay down his life for everybody. And in the kingdom of God, he said, the greatest will be the servant. 
And evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, and they took a boat and were going across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and still Jesus had not yet come back to, uh, to them. Meanwhile, the sea was getting rough and rising high because of a great violent wind that was blowing. However, when they had rowed three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and approaching the boat, and they were afraid and terrified. You would have been too. <laughs> Imagine you see, here comes someone walking on the water. You would have just said, okay, it's Jesus. Look at that. No, they were all terrified. There's 20. But Jesus said to them, it is I. Be not afraid. I am. So whatever storm you are in, Jesus is walking towards you in the most impossible way, saying, I am with you. Don't be afraid. I am. I'm here. I'm with you. Verse 21. Then they were quite, uh, quite willing and glad for him to come into the boat. Now the boat went at once to the land they had steered toward, and immediately they reached the shore, etc. Verse 22, the next day the crowd that still remained standing on the other side of the sea realized that there had been only one small boat there, and that Jesus had not gone into it with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away by themselves. But now some other boats from Tiberias had come in near the place where they ate the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So the people finding that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there themselves, got into the small boats and came into Capernaum. So now, sign upon sign upon sign upon sign. So he multiplied the bread, he walked on water, got to the other side of the sea. Okay. So all these things are indications. All these things uh, declare his glory. Okay. Now it says, uh, where are we? And when they had found him on the other side of the lake, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come? Jesus answered, I assure you, most solemnly, I tell you, I've been you have been searching for me, not because you saw the miracles and signs. So the bread and Jesus getting on the other side of the lake somehow. But because you were fed with the loaves and were filled and satisfied. So he said, yeah, you're just looking for some more bread. You didn't really catch the signs. You didn't really see what happened. Okay, so now he says, verse 27, so this is where I want to grab your attention. Stop toiling and doing and producing for the food that perishes and decomposes in the using, but strive and work and produce rather for the lasting food which endures continually unto life eternal. The Son of Man will give you that. So there's food that the Son will give you. Okay? And that food lasts unto life eternal. For God the Father has authorized and certified him and put his seal of endorsement upon him. Okay. Then they, uh, they then said, What are we to do that we may habitually be working the works of God? What are we to do? To carry out what God requires. Jesus replied, this is the work that God asks of you. That you believe in the one whom he has sent. Cleave to, trust, rely on, have faith in the messenger. So believe in the one whom God has sent. What are we to do? He said, stop striving for the food that decomposes in the using. You just come and look for bread because I multiplied the bread. I fed all of you yesterday. Now you're looking for more bread. He says, stop toiling for the natural. Stop toiling for the natural food of bread. 
okay? But strive rather for the food that lasts unto life eternal. Now, he is referring there to the natural, which is the law of Moses. So if we strive for the works that perish, if we strive for the spiritual food that, that leads to death, the law, he says it's not going to do anything for you, but strive rather for the spiritual food that leads to life eternal. And the Son of God, the Son of Man, he says here, will give you that food. They then said, what sign and miracle wonder work will you perform then? He just multiplied the bread. And they did not see the significance of Jesus multiplying the bread. So that we may see and believe and rely on you. What supernatural work have you to show what you can do? Now, look what they refer to. Our forefathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as the scripture says, he gave them bread out of heaven to eat. Okay, so they walked right into the narrative that Jesus led them into. Okay, so the forefathers ate manna. Who gave them the manna? Moses gave them the manna. Did he give it to them supernaturally? Yes. Was it natural stuff that they ate? Yes. It was manna that manifested and they physically ate it. But Jesus is referring to a different bread. Now he says, Jesus then said to them, Mussolini tell you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven. What Moses gave you was not the bread from heaven. So what did Moses give them? Moses gave them a parable. Moses gave them a sign of something that would be fulfilled later. And Moses himself said in Acts chapter 3, refers to it, he said, God will raise up a prophet among you like he raised up me, and him shall you believe, and everyone that does not trust in him will be utterly cut down, cut uh, down or out of the people. All right? So we need to listen to Jesus. Even Moses testified that we, when Jesus comes, we need to listen to him and not to Moses. So he says, what Moses gave you was not the bread from heaven. So what Moses gave them was a supernatural sign that pointed to Jesus that would be the bread from heaven. But it is my Father who gives you the true heavenly bread. For the bread of God is he who comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. All right, so this is a, is a weighty topic and we'll probably, uh, it will probably spill over into tomorrow's uh, message. But let's see how far we can go. Okay, he says, God is, uh, the bread of, of God is he who comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. Stop toiling for the food that perishes. Our forefathers ate your manna in the wilderness, as the scripture said. Okay. So, but they all died. So stop toiling for the food that perishes in the using. Stop toiling for the bread that Moses gives. Because it's not eternal. It's natural. But strive rather for the food that lasts unto life eternal. The Son of Man will give you that. Okay. Gerard, are you saying that the law of Moses is natural? Because Romans chapter 7 says the law is spiritual. Okay. 
the law is spiritual in that the true standard of the law is spiritual and only the Holy Spirit can attain to it. But if you look at what the law speaks about, it only speaks about natural stuff. It speaks about rituals. It speaks about a tabernacle of this world. If you <clears throat> read Hebrews 9 and 10, it speaks of washings, rituals, foods, all of this world, all natural stuff. It speaks of what natural people may do and may not do. Everything it puts your attention on is natural. But the true standard that can fulfill it is the Holy Spirit. Okay, so... Uh, the true, real standard of the fulfillment of the law can only happen when you receive the Holy Ghost. No one can fulfill all the demands of the law. But the law speaks of natural things. All right. Bread of God is he who comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. That's Jesus. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry. He who believes in me, cleaves to trust, relies on me, will never thirst anymore at any time. Okay. So, but we pray for our hunger and thirst, and then we eat, and we pray for hunger and thirst. So how does this work? Our capacity to receive more of him grows as we eat. But you will never be void of what you ate. Okay, so when you receive the food, it will not perish. It stays there forever. When you receive the food, it stays and it fills you. The Holy Spirit will never go. So you receive the food, but your capacity to receive more enlarges so that you can receive more and more and more. So it's a hunger that grows as you eat. But it's not like a hunger you, you eat and it's goes through the natural channels, and now it's gone, and you need, you know, and you, you hunger again. Natural. It's not what he's saying. He says, when you receive this food, it satisfies forever. It leads to life eternal. Okay. But as you eat it, your capacity to receive more enlarges. All right. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry. He who believes in me. Cleaves trust relies on me, will never be thirsty anymore. But as I told you, although you have seen me, still you do not believe and trust and have faith. So they saw the signs. They saw he got to the other side of the lake. They saw him multiplying the bread, but they just looked, just, just saw the bread and they were hungry and they ate. Like their forefathers did when they ate the manna in the wilderness that Moses gave them. And then they started complaining about the manna. Man. So, verse 37, all who my Father gives to me will come to me. And the one who comes to me will most certainly, I will most certainly not cast out. I will never, no, never reject one of them who comes to me. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will and purpose, but to do the will and purpose of him who sent me. This is the will of him who sent me. That I should not lose any of all that he has given me, but that I should give new life and raise them up at the last day. For this is my Father's will and purpose, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in trust, relies on him, should have eternal life, and I will raise him up from the dead at the last day. So to see the Son 
to put your trust, to believe on the Son, is to partake of the bread of life. So, also, when we partake of the communion bread that Jesus gave, and we'll look about, we will go to that a little bit later, but focus on that and maybe tomorrow as well. But the communion bread represents the son, represents his body broken and his blood poured out. It's a, a, a parable that we act out, or shall we say rather, it is a, a prophetic action or a faith action whereby we receive the son. We eat his flesh and we drink his blood by eating the bread and drinking the wine of the communion table. Okay, so that is a representation of us receiving the Son as our food. So as we listen, you eat with your ears. As we hear the gospel being preached to us, your spirit is eating through your ears and faith comes to you. And when faith comes to you, the, the bread of life, the true heavenly bread comes to you. Verse 41, now the Jews murmured and found fault with and grumbled about Jesus because he said, I myself am the bread that came down from heaven. They kept asking, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How then can he say, I have come down from heaven? So there's the familiarity again. You know, it's the same thing. And when, uh, when was, where was it Matthew 4, Luke 4, when Jesus was preaching in Nazareth, they say, hey, this is Jesus. We know him. You know, he played here when he was small. Son of Joseph, we know him. How can he say he's the Messiah? How can he say he is the son of God? So Jesus marveled at the unbelief. All right. So that familiarity causes people not to receive. Okay, so Jesus answered them, stop grumbling and saying things against me to one another. No one is able to come to me unless the Father who sends, sent me attracts him and draws him and gives him the desire to come to me. And then I will raise him up from the dead at the last day. So when that drawing comes, respond to it and come. So every time the gospel is preached, the drawing is there. Every time the gospel is preached, the drawing is there. The Spirit draws people through the preaching of the gospel, draws people to the Father. And when you come and respond to Him, you will never be cast away from Him. Okay. As it is written in the book of the prophets, and they shall all be taught of God, have Him in person of, uh, for their teacher. Everyone who has listened to and learned from the Father comes to me. So that means if you hear and listen the message that he preached that is from the Father, you will come to Jesus. So coming to Jesus has a lot to do about hearing the gospel and responding and coming to Jesus by faith. So this is not a statement of uh, pre-selection and only a certain few is drawn and therefore, uh, you know, it's only certain people that is now saved or pre-elected and too bad, so sad for the rest. No, it's in the preaching of the gospel. And through the preaching of the gospel, it says here in verse 45, everyone who has listened to and learned from the Father comes to me. 
So he says, I only say what I hear from my father. I only do what I see my father doing. So he is the visible representation of the invisible. Um, he, is, he came to declare the father. John chapter 1, uh, Colossians chapter 1, Hebrews chapter 1, all says the same thing. Jesus is the, the express image, the full representation of the father. If you saw Jesus, John 14, you have seen the father. So what Jesus preached is what the Father teaches. So when he preaches, you are drawn to him. All right. So that's why we need to go evangelize. That's why we need to preach the gospel, into, go into all the world and preach the gospel so that every person can hear, so that they can be drawn to Jesus. Verse 46, which does not imply that anyone has ever seen the Father, not uh, that anyone has ever seen him, except he who has, was with the Father, who comes from God, he alone has seen the Father. Same as John uh, chapter 1 verse 18, and same as First John chapter 4 says, no one has ever seen God, but if you love one another, God abides in us. Now it's the same with us as it was with Jesus. We now declare the Father when his love abides in us. Verse 47, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, he who believes in me, who adheres to, trusts in, relies on me, has faith in me, has now possesses eternal life. If you believe in the Son, you have life now. And that is the true heavenly bread to believe in the Son. What is the work that God requires? Believe in the one whom God has sent. That's the main thing. If you can put your trust and your faith and your belief in the person, Jesus Christ, you have eternal life. You have the Son and you have the life. That's the message. I am the bread of life, verse 48, that gives life the living bread. So if you want the life, you need the food that the Son will give to you. And what's that food? He says in John chapter 4, uh, after Jesus uh, ministered to the woman at the well, he, his disciples said, you know, have you eaten something? He says, I have food that you know not of. And he says, they said, did someone bring him food? So Jesus said, my food is to do the will of the Father and to completely finish his work. So in John chapter 19, I think, he said, it is finished. Verse 30, I think. It is finished. He finished the work. So what's the finished work? His body broken on the cross. So he prepared the food and he gave the food. So now as we eat the food, we receive him and we do the works that nourishes us also. Okay, so it is faith unto works. What are we to do that we may be working the works of God? John 6, 29. Believe in the one whom God has sent. Receive the food. The food nourishes you unto life eternal. The life flows out of you and brings forth works of life that spreads. So you go into all the world and you preach the gospel. You serve the living bread to more people. And then what happens is these signs and wonders will follow them that believe. All right. So he says, I am the bread of life that gives life, the living bread. Your forefathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and yet they died. So they took the law, but the law couldn't save them. Hebrews chapter 7 says, we know that the law never perfected anything. But Jesus has perfected us. Hebrews chapter 10, verse, verse 9 and 10, according to this will of God, we have been perfected through the offering of the flesh body of Jesus Christ. Uh, 
once for all. Through this living bread, you are perfected. All right. Right. Forefathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and yet they died. But this is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that anyone may eat of it and never die. So what's the, what's the, uh, the living bread that when you eat it, you never die? Not die and go to heaven, never die. Not die and be resurrected and have eternal life, never die. What is this food that he gives? It is his body broken. It is his blood poured out. He says, this is the bread that comes down from heaven so that anyone may eat of it and never die. We need to really uh, eat the gospel like we need food. If our need for the gospel is as great as our need for natural food, the life of Christ that is released by the gospel will start dwelling inside of us, Romans 8, 11, and quicken our mortal bodies and bring life to our bodies. I myself am this living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And also the bread that I shall give for the life of the world is my flesh body. Okay, so his flesh body is the bread and his blood poured out is the wine. Okay, we will later on go to Matthew 26, 28. We'll go to 1 Corinthians 10, 1 Corinthians 11, but uh, just keep that in mind. Verse 52, then the Jews angrily contended with one another saying, how is he able to give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, you cannot have any life in you unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, unless you appropriate his life and saving merit of his blood. Okay, so when you partake of communion, if you read the First uh, Corinthians 11 in the Amplified, it's really clear as well. When you partake of the communion, you need to have faith that this bread is not just bread. It's not just a little symbol. It's not another ritual. Hebrews 13 also speaks of it. Um, he says, those who think it's just another ritual. Uh, we have a tabernacle. Uh, we have an altar to eat from. From those who worship in the tabernacle have no right to eat. Okay? So, which means this, simply this. If you go with Moses, if you have a legalistic mindset, even in Christian tradition, even, even being a Christian, but, you, but communion just became another ritual to, to you. Bread and wine is just, just another religion. It says in 1 Corinthians 11, you eat and drink damnation over yourself. Not discerning that it is the body of the Lord. But when we have faith, eating the bread, knowing this is the bread of life. This is his body broken for me. He said, take, eat. This is my body. Rem in, do this in remembrance of me. So you meditate, not on your sin. You meditate on Jesus being broken on the cross for me. This is his body. How is he able to give us his flesh body to eat? He took bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body. Take and eat this. That's how he's able to give us his flesh body to, to eat. He took the bread and he broke it and he spoke a word. He says, take it. This is my body. This is the bread of life. So we take it and we by faith believe this is his, his, his bread, his body. 
So are you now believing, Herod? Are you saying like the Catholics that it's transubstantiation and you believe that the bread now actually becomes his body as you eat it? Well, I think they're closer than most of the Protestants to this scripture because actually they believe something. And that's why many of them have broken through to incorruption. There's a whole book of the incorruptibles, people who died and their bodies stayed fresh for hundreds of years. Not being put in chemicals or anything. They just still today, hundreds of years dead and their bodies didn't corrupt. Okay, don't worry, I've lost half of you now. But what I'm saying is faith, faith. I take this bread and because Jesus said, take this, take this is my body, I believe this is now his body. And I eat the bread knowing this is his body by faith. And because there's faith in it, I'm appropriating the life in his body. I'm receiving it by faith as I believe that I have now received from the cross. I've been crucified with Christ, not I that live, Christ lives within me. I drink the liquid forgiveness, which is his blood. By faith, I drink his blood. I'm not a cannibal. And his physical body is not enough substance to feed all the billions of Christians all over the world. So he took bread and he broke it and he said, by faith, just believe this is my body. I am able to give you the bread of life. It is my body. We, in a physical manner, partake of his body by faith, by partaking of communion. Okay, I hope this makes sense. Maybe it took too much time on this. All right. All right. Then the Jews angrily contended with one another. Now, how is he able? Jesus said to them, you cannot have life in you unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood. So you need to believe in the cross, his body broken for you, his blood poured out for you for your forgiveness, to have any life in you. If you want a spirit life in you, you need to eat the source of life, which is the bread of life that has come down from heaven, which is Jesus crucified. The life comes to you through the cross. The effect of that life is the resurrection. Verse 54, he who feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has now possesses eternal life. I will raise him up from dead at the last day. My flesh is true, genuine food, and my blood is true, genuine drink. 55, King James, my flesh is meat indeed, my blood is drink indeed. All right. So if you want the true food that the Son will give you, and not the food that perishes in the using, but the, <clears throat> sorry, the food that lasts unto life eternal. You need to eat the food that he gives. What is that food? He took the bread, broke it, blessed the cup, and he gave thanks. Simple. Communion is so powerful. If we can simply believe it and do it. All right. Not just another ritual. Faith. All right. Just as the Father sent me, where was I? Verse 56. He who feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood dwells continually in me, and I in like manner dwell continually in him. Listen. If a church knocks communion, get out of there. If a church teaches that there's no communion, and communion is old covenant, and that communion is law, and, you know, and we are past communion now, Get out of that place as soon as you can. You have no life in you, says the Bible, if you do not eat his flesh and drink his blood. All right. 
Verse 57, just as the living Father sent me and I live by the Father, even so whomever continues to feed on me, whoever takes me for his food and is nourished by me shall in his turn live through and because of me. Let him nourish you. Let him fill you. Let him touch your flesh, body, by faith, by you partaking of the communion. This is the bread that came down from heaven. It is not like the manna which our forefathers ate and yet died. He who takes his bread, uh, this bread for his food, shall live forever. So Jesus said, as often as you do this, remember me. So we can do it often. You can do it three times a day. You can do it more. You can eat with every meal, every meal as if it's communion. And nourish your body. Believing that this food that I'm eating now is the flesh body of Jesus Christ. It's, it's meat indeed. And this that I'm drinking, the wine or juice, whatever you use, by faith, this is the blood of Christ for the forgiveness of sins. He said these things in a synagogue while he was teaching in Capernaum. When his disciples heard this, many of them said, this is a hard Difficult and strange saying, strange, peculiar for the peculiar people. An offensive, unbearable message. Who can stand to hear it? Who can be expected to listen to such teaching? The offense for communion causes a lot of people to stumble these days. Don't be offended. Be full of faith. Okay. Verse 61. But Jesus, knowing within himself that his disciples were complaining and protesting and grumbling about it, said to, said to them, is this a stumbling block and an offense to you? Does this upset and displease and shock and scandalize you? It's the same thing today when you speak of this. Oh, you're teaching cannibalism. No, no, I'm teaching faith. And the thing that you actually eat is bread, but by faith you believe it's his body. It's no cannibalism. Okay. What then will be your reaction? If you should see the Son of Man ascending to the place where he was before. Man. Now, verse 63. It is the Spirit who gives life. He is the life giver. The flesh, or the law of Moses, the works of the flesh, conveys no benefit. Whatever. There's no profit in it. The words that I have been speaking to you, so there's relationship in it, that I have been speaking to you are spirit and life. So it's words and it's the faith action together. Hear the gospel, partake of the communion. But still some of you fail to believe and trust and have faith. For Jesus knew from the first who did not believe and had no faith and who would betray him and be false to him. He said this, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him, unless he is enabled to do so by the Father. How is he enabled? By the Spirit that is ministering to the people as the word is preached. Verse 66, after this, many of his disciples drew back, returned to their old associations and no longer accompanied him. Okay, the offense causes people to draw away. Jesus said to the twelve, will you also go away? Do you too desire to leave me? Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words, the message of eternal life. So maybe you thought about it. Where shall we go? <laughs> but hey, he said, man, where shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have learned to believe and trust and, and more 
we have come to know surely that you are the Holy One of God, the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve, and yet one of you is a devil? He was speaking of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he was about to betray him, although he was one of the twelve. Okay, so that's John chapter 6. We will continue again tomorrow. So I just want you to just by faith know that the communion has power. The communion has power to minister life to you. Hear the message of the gospel. His body broken for you. His blood poured out for you. But as a prophetic action, as an action of faith, take communion and say, Lord, I thank you for the sacrifice. Okay? So, um, on scripture, James chapter 4, verse 6, he gives us more and more grace. Power of the Holy Spirit, amplified. Uh, he says, to meet this evil tendency and all others fully. Okay, and that is, uh, that is uh, why he says God sets himself against the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And then he says in brackets, to those who are humble enough to receive it. Okay, so also Romans chapter 8, he says, God has subdued, overcame, deprived sin of its power over all who accept the sacrifice. So how do we receive this grace? How do we accept the sacrifice and partake of the sacrifice. In the old, they had to eat the lamb. He says, this is the way. Hear, believe, and take this bread and eat it, and take this cup and drink it. It's food indeed, it's drink indeed, and if you do so, you will have life inside you. I want you to understand that you can have eternal life that can touch your body and you can have the Christ life living, moving on the inside of you. All right. So may you be blessed. I hope this message has done something for you. <laughs> Sorry about the beginning. I'm getting again used to being in the building alone. But um, that's just how it is today. Okay. So I just want to greet everyone again. Hello, Peter. Yes, lekker om jou te sien, man. And Nico, ja, lekker vakantie hou. Dit is baie goed. Hy smaal nou seker lekker daai kan. Okay, Janine. Bless you. Yes, it is a glorious morning. It's good to see you there. Gift Mtimkulu. Bless you, man. And Benny from Joburg, Pastor Benny, love you, man. Bless you. Uh, there's Janine again. Love you guys. Uh, let me just see if there's on the live chat on YouTube something, nothing there. Okay, bless you guys. Thank you for watching. Uh, we really love you, and we thank you for, for tuning in. We're so close to the 500 mark on our uh, YouTube channel. I think we are at 498 or something. If you haven't subscribed, why don't you just subscribe? And uh, the moment we go over 500, there's more algorithms popping in and more people will see it. So it will help us to reach more people. All right, so be blessed, everybody. See you again tomorrow morning at 9. Have an awesome day. Amen. Thank you.